feel like you're still missing out on your CES fix this year, we have no physical world to go and explore all the thousands of different creations and the consumer electronics world that have been going on this year, when we are asking the question, what next? Uh, we are genuinely exploring with industry leaders what's actually happening. Um, so in the digital world, the best that we can deliver for you, we are talking to some in really incredible people about the really incredible things that they're doing. And our first guest today is James Jensen, who I met and was very fortunate to meet five years ago when he was in the fledgling stage of delivering the void to the world, which it still remains my most incredible VR experience. Uh, and now he is launching Jump. So James, please, first of all, tell us all about Jump because um, you've quite literally jumped from the void into the next incredible part of your adventure. <laughs> That's the best when people use that, I love it. Uh, jump onto a call, jump onto this, it's great. Um, uh, jump is uh, kind of the next step in, in what uh, hyper-reality could mean for people. Um, I saw a lot of people come out of the void, you know, kind of let this change look on their face and like, just open to possibilities. And they got me really figure, try to figure out something that we could create that would be a, 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 a meaningful experience for people, not just entertainment, but something that could uh, be life-changing potentially. And that's where Jump came from. One of my really good friends is a wingsuit and base jumper. He was showing me all his cool videos of him doing this amazing stuff. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing that in reality. It's just, it's a total diversion of my life to go and uh, do something like that, to actually professionally wingsuit and base jump. I have five kids, I'm over 40 and uh, not gonna happen. <laughs> so, I mean, Jump is a is a one-to-one -one, uh, virtual reality hyper-reality uh, simulation of wingsuit base jumping where you actually walk up to the edge and uh, you feel the wind, you can smell the pine trees and you have to basically jump off and fly. And then you actually get a parachute moment where you're able to fly down to the ground and actually land wherever you want to. This isn't 360 video content. It's all done in Unreal Engine. Um, all photogrammetry and LiDAR scanned environments. Uh, it's really cool stuff. So you can fly anywhere. So um, I can already picture myself stood on the edge. And one, one of the things that I tend to scare people with and, and break their systems is that what they're least expecting. And from, from the first second that I, I saw that you were, you were doing this, this was your next project, I wanted to run and jump off the edge. <laughs> so I think that was one of my first reactions when I remember years ago there was a VR experience you essentially you, you went up in an elevator you, you the lift doors opened and you stepped out onto a ledge and you were looking over well essentially the, the, the wind was blowing around you or you imagined it was it wasn't like the void there, there, there were no actual physical effects but you imagined it was uh, and most people obviously the majority of people would be scared at that point and they would kind of Take, come back. Um, my first thing to do was to immediately step out of off the edge and go straight into what was below me, and to, to utter disappointment that they, it, there wasn't a you know a feeling of, of dropping. Um, do you think that this is going to appeal to obviously the the daredevils that wouldn't take it that extra step further? So there's a there's the adrenaline rush of wanting to do it, but you, do you think there's kind of a um, you know, from a, a phobic element, people that are genuinely scared of heights, is there a real 
positive um, kind of effect that's likely to happen from that as well. There's a potential of that. I mean, what we found in the void or uh, what I observed in the void is the void had a, an ability to actually make people feel present or in the moment. And so you really have 100% of their attention. And so it's an amazing place for people to be actually able to, to build an experience that that is in a deep, deep lower part of their mind and is recorded almost like a real experience that they've had in reality. When you when you have when you have, um, you know, all the physical effects and everything attached to the visuals and audio, you kind of cross this line where you're you're building a memory almost where it's different than virtual reality. That's why we use uh, the term hyper reality, um, because I feel like it's it's different than that. Um, yeah, as far as our target audience goes, I'm sure we're going to be able to attract all of the adrenaline junkly, junkie guys. That's our target market to get those people in the door. Uh, the guys that follow all of the wingsuit jumpers and, you know, the, the GoPro and Red Bull teams and stuff that are out there. Um, but, you know, I think what will happen is you'll see people come out of this experience. Uh, everybody will leave with a GoPro type video of their experience. Um, but the experience and what they'll say about it will be a little bit different. So I think we're going to start with that target demographic. But once you start seeing some of people's experience and, and how they feel after they come out of this, I think it, it will reach out a lot further than just those adrenaline junkies and potentially into some psychological metal, medical spaces. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things that's always fascinated me with VR is, is it's, training and educational potential and you touched on there about memories um, because the, the the thing about being in VR is that you actually remember being in VR whereas if you're training if you're absorbing information from a screen you remember viewing that information on a screen it's not something that you did um, and that's why say the, the, the more realistic you make that the obviously the the more the deeper the 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 more the, the higher quality memory you have essentially, and that was the thing that always fascinated me about the void. You you took that to the the, the extremes, not even beyond. They, those were the extremes. You know, they're all the senses. That's everything was there. So for our audience, essentially, you know, I've gone, I've jumped straight in. <laughs> There we go again, um, and, and talked about the void as if everyone knows what the void is within our sphere, within technology, and, and you've taken it further than most because you, you, actually, you actually took something to consumers, which is a novelty in, 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 the, in the virtual world because many have, have failed way before that's ever happened. Um, so maybe if you could just outline the void to us, that, that would be really useful for the audience. Absolutely. Um, you know, the void was created in 2015 um, and the idea was really to map a virtual world over a physical set, over a physical environment. I came from the movie and uh, computer animation visual effects world, and we were doing a lot of mocap systems on green screens, and the director could see, you know, on a screen, he could see an actor composited in a real-time environment, a computer-generated environment, and you know, when I saw that several years ago, it's got to be 20 plus years now since I saw that for the first time. I was like, I want to be inside the computer. I want to be inside the machine. Um, that was before Oculus and all those guys came out. And I was actually really excited when they came out with their headset. I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to worry about that piece. But um, I knew that there was all that technology exists to put a person in a virtual world. And we did it for entertainment. I, I 
fully did not anticipate like some of the psychological um, advances that we would have, uh, the experience that we would have. I literally have a memory of fighting steak puff marshmallow man with my kids. Like we smelled the, the, the burnt marshmallow smell at the end when we defeated him. And that's a memory that I have. It's pretty cool to have that type of memory. Um, so the void was a, you could walk around um, completely untethered. You put on a vest and a helmet and you did it together with each other. Uh, you could see each other in the virtual environment and you could speak to each other just like you were right next to each and you were right next to each other, but um, you could go anywhere. You could, you could experience anything and it was mapped over a physical set, which the physical side of it um, we did is mostly just to allow the person to have some kind of, uh, you know, attachment to the world. I didn't realize that, that our bodies actually need, um, it, it seems so simple to me now, but to have your bodies need evidence that the reality that you're seeing and hearing is actually there. And so when you have, you know, physical items you can touch, when you have heat or wind or vibrations, you know, two or three other elements that are solidifying that that's real, it actually kind of takes it a lot further uh, in the person's mind and be able to accept the reality. So that was a huge discovery for, for me in, in the void world. And then I just want to take that to the next level. If we really have a place where you have a person's 100% attention and they're basically in like a flow state or state of presence, um, tell me one place in the world where that exists, uh, where you could teach somebody something really cool. And then my research on um, uh, experiential learning, uh, I think, has got me really excited about you know, this type of opportunity that we have. And one of the great things that you did um, was, to, in spite of the drama of the, the, where you were in the middle of Star Wars, in the middle of Ghostbusters, wherever that was, um, it was the subtlety that offered the greatest belief. Like you say, the, you know, the mind wants to just fill in the extra bits of detail to confirm, you know, have that justification that, it, that it's real. And, you know, in the real world, we don't go around touching the walls all the time. We don't go around checking that things are real. But when you walk down a corridor in the middle of a spaceship and your elbow brushes a wall, that's, oh, yeah. You, but you don't think, oh, that's real. You just accept. And, and that's, the, that's the real beauty of it. So with the jump, what's the acceptance bit? So have you got giant fans? Have you got, or, or is this trade secret currently? No one will see this and you'll only ever experience it. <laughs> Yeah, we are going to stay true to that. Nobody will ever really see what happens inside of Jump, but I can say that it's a mix between a suspension system and a wind system. But then there's also all the other effects that we're doing. We have scent and heat and, uh, you know, vibration effects and stuff like that that are in the environment because we want you to really feel like you're stepping up on the Tiananmen Mountains in China. Like you can smell the trees, you can feel the breeze coming over the, over the edge. You can see your buddy next to you. You can talk to each other over the comms through the through the mics, and you both jump and fly. So it's got to be 100. You know, the team that I have uh, on board with Jump have professionals in the industry for wingsuit and base jumping. Marshall Miller and Luke Akins. You guys can look up them. Uh, Marshall's done like 10,000 jumps, over 10,000 jumps in reality. Luke Akins jumped out of an airplane and landed in a net on a <laughs> without a parachute. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm depending on those guys to tell me, hey, this is exactly like reality because there's no way I'm doing it uh, in reality. And so I'm hoping that they, you know, and I'm starting to see that them, them coming out of the experience saying, yeah, this is 
this is pretty true to what we experience in reality. If I can get those guys to give me a thumbs up, then then we're there. I mean, we're trying to make this as authentic as possible. Yeah, I, I like that you've set your, your benchmark very, very high. For anyone that's going to say whether it's real or not, you, you've, you've essentially got those guys on board that next to nobody will ever be able to, to, to mark you against. Um, and, and, and yet you've got, you've got it set up here. Um, so, so yeah, again, really, um, really appreciate what you're doing there because you are pioneering and you're building something that doesn't exist. Um, and to speaking of things that don't exist, like CES this year, it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Whereas we would all be congregating in the middle of Vegas and it would all be about everything that was there. Um, this year it's about nothing being there. So do you think VR would have been at CES much at all this year or would there have been a new, new step we would have taken with that? I think VR would definitely still be there. Um, I think there's still a challenge though with the consumer market with virtual reality. I don't think that people have done a good job of educating people why it's important to them yet. And, and honestly, the content hasn't been that great. <laughs> so I think there still needs to be some evolution with virtual reality and why it's important to people. And we're going to take a few steps towards um, experiences that are more meaningful for people in, in reality than then more of an escape into a virtual world where you're shooting zombies. Like we, we wanna, we wanna deliver experiences that can be meaningful people and, and potentially change their life, we'll see. <laughs> no, absolutely. And again, that kind of shared experience. I remember one of the most moving things for me was, was seeing, there was a project that Lockheed Martin did a few years ago. And I mean, they essentially we're talking VR, but they called it VR, but it, but it wasn't a VR in, in a headset. They were offering um, a virtual experience by, they had photochromatic screens built into the windows of, of the school bus. And as this school bus full of kids drove through a tunnel on the way to school, um, the screen switched. So on one side of the tunnel, they were looking out. As they went through and then emerged on the other side, they were on the surface of Mars. And this view out of the window, as the, as the bus turned, the view on all of the screens changed. So it looked as if everything outside was as it was happening. And, but the, the takeaway was that they all, as a class, shared this whole experience together. And the kids, as one, came out at the other end and were inspired and also, I, I want to I go to Mars. I, I want to. And that, that I want to thing has just always got got me there because it's you know so much as you said quite rightly said about there's not there's been a lot of dodgy content essentially in vr which hasn't made it what it potentially can be and if it's all throwaway and people don't have the why do i come back or what do i take away you know take it to the back to the real world um i think we've failed if you don't come out of jumping from the top of a mountain full of adrenaline and excitement for life you know that 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 technology has failed so i think yeah all of those seeing all those kids coming off that bus every single one of them going yeah i'm, I'm heading for the stars i, I want to you know and they weren't all going to go to mars but they all wanted to achieve something they're all completely inspired um, you know, I think, you know, what you're doing, I think th th there needs to be more spokespeople for, for, you know, those individual pieces of technology, essentially, to say, look, 
come on, pull everyone else up with you rather than just throw more content in there for the sake of it. And, you know, speaking of which, talking of content and it not being of great quality, I, I've, got, I've got to ask you the, the, the Facebook question. So, Oculus, um, you know, we were there at the beginning. It, it was a phenomenal starting point to kind of actually create good quality headsets, get them out there to people. And then, of course, Facebook's acquisition, money came in. Um, where do you stand on whether that's been a good thing or a, or a maybe slightly less good thing for the industry? You know, I think it's been a good thing. There was, there's a, there's an interesting shift in technology, which I think uh, all the investments in AR and VR have definitely pushed forward like light years. I mean, you're looking at GPUs and CPUs and, and uh, technology that would take their cycles were like two to three years that they were coming out with new stuff. And now you see NVIDIA and, and, even, the, and even the 3D engines like taking drastic steps to be able to, to make virtual reality simulations even better and, and stronger. And so I, th I feel like the money towards some of these companies has been kind of, kind of a, a negative thing because people haven't been able to meet the bar. Um, but I do think that it's infused the whole industry with this sense of this is a real thing and we need to make the technology better so it can be better for people. And that's been a huge drive that I've seen in the, in the market. So I think it's been a great thing. Um, we still have a, a ways to go here to make it a shared experience um you know and to make meaningful content for people but we're starting to make those shifts now i hope i hope that jump makes a couple of those shifts when people come out of jump they they're not going to think that's a video game they're going to think that it will be a, a stored memory it'll be a memory of of something that they've done where they've jumped and they've they've flown and they've succeeded at something that's that's very terrifying in the real world and it will still feel the same in virtual reality and hyper in our hyper reality simulation and so, so what's what's the jump timeline now then? So clearly, you've 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 had your 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 twenty twenty to to not release this to the world, which I, I presume that was fortunate timing, um, because if that had been your year of release, then you know it wouldn't have been the audience there for you. So, so what what were you looking at now, and and has that shifted based on twenty twenty? It has my timeline hasn't really shifted because we weren't planning on opening anything in 2020 anyways um, we started you know real development last year at this exact same time so we've been 12 months into this uh, we built an amazing prototype that proved out all of the elements in it and we're just looking to now commercialize that and open locations uh, 2021 um, you know targeting you know maybe around middle of the year depending on how things are in the environment it's kind of nice you know, coming out with a new location-based virtual reality simulation because we're taking into consideration all the COVID issues and any other, you know, sensitivity issues that people have with this. Once, once all of that's gone, there's people who are still going to be sensitive to that environment. But with inside of Jump, you know, when you go there, we have kind of an advantage, uh, you know, with this whole thing because people aren't even standing next to each other. They're literally in a separate room from each other. Um, so they're completely separated by distance, by walls, uh, and then we clean all the equipment with electrolyzed water and UV lights and stuff before anybody gets there. So it's, I think we have probably, we will have one of the best, um, cleanest environments for, you know, the sensitivity and the environment to something like this uh, for our location-based experiences. And we hope to maintain that through any other, you know, 
issues that we <laughs> that we that arise that are similar, um, you know, and uh, we're fully prepared for that. I, I guess we don't have to go back and retrofit anything to you know meet those needs of the consumers and the people that are guests that come to the experience. We're doing it right out the gate, um, so we're excited about that. I'm really excited about some of the partnerships and uh, people that are coming to the table with Jump. I think they see the long-term vision of what we're doing and uh, you know the potential that we have to, to make experiences that are truly meaningful for people. So again, with, with The Void, you, you successfully paired with theme park and, uh, and areas. Um, is that something you'd look at and, or taking that inside existing um, setups for that? Absolutely. And, you know, the nice thing that we're seeing right now is, you know, everybody is, well, most people that have location-based experiences like this in Las Vegas and theme parks and stuff like that, they're looking for new things to have to bring people out. Once all of this is over and the vaccine's out and, and people are starting to come back to normal, you'll see a huge reinsurgence into entertainment and to experiences. I mean, it's just historically, when you come back from a recession, that's the first thing that that peaks is all the entertainment because people have been cooped up forever. <laughs> so yes. um, yeah, definitely. So it would be remiss of me not to say, because we are called What's Next, um, how do you view the, the, the VR? So we, we, we hear what your next moves are, but what would you see for the VR market in general? What, what's next? You know, my hopes for what the VR market on the technology side are, I've seen huge advances in, I mean, I have, you can get an iPhone that has LiDAR technology now uh, for capturing 3D environments and, and uh, physical environments. I think the point cloud data that people are able to, to capture now, that's going to be greatly amplified over the next little while. And being able to have, and that's extremely important um, for having shared experiences inside of wherever you're at, whether it's your home or office or, or a conference, um, you'll know, be able to active, you know, in real time track your environment and not only track your environment, but use the, the data that you're getting from the environment to potentially create computer generated worlds inside of virtual reality that match up. So in fact, like having like a, a small version of the void in the headset, um, that that I think is going to be. I, I hope we start crossing over to that, having more of a matched to physical, virtual reality with dynamically. Um, that's a shared experience. I think if we can get to the shared experience quicker. I mean, I've gotten onto my headsets trying to find shared experiences, and it's super hard. Like we just need to make some advances there. So I'm hopeful that we can do that over the next couple of years, um, because I want to put on a headset and do all kinds of cool stuff with my family here in my house. And, and uh, in the first time I went out to see the Oculus Quest, I immediately was just like, I want to be able to walk around in this, in this physical you know, place where we're at and have it mapped as a pirate land or a, a space land or whatever it is and see everybody in here in their, in their avatar and walk around. So I think, yeah, that's, that's my hope for what we're doing in the industry. So a lot more freedom, look, look no strings. Uh, and bringing bringing the outside world in and the inside world out. So, yeah, and you know, even on the you know, on the experience side of things, you know, past the technology, creating experiences that are more focused on um, the post experience than they are actually on the virtual experience. This is one of the things that I want to do with Jump a lot is 
sure you're going to have you're going to escape a little bit you're going to go to this place you're going to put on some vr gear and you're going to experience flying but what's the moment what's the post moment experience where you're sitting around with your friends after a, the dinner party and you're like wow that was that was amazing like this is going to change my that changed my life like this is something that you know, has now inspired me to do this, this, and this. I mean, this is self-talk I'm talking about, but there's a whole conversation that's going to happen. And it's really about, for me, it's about that, that post experience now of, of what the person is going to do now that they've had, you know, that type of experience. I, I noticed people come out of the void and they would be like, I don't even know, it just happened to me. Like they would sit down for one to two minutes. Some people, 10 minutes, be like, I need to just take this in. Um, so I think there's a huge potential there for post experience experiences. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to thank you personally for giving me that because that gave me the conversation about VR and the, and the best way to describe the potential for VR um, to simply stand up in a room and wave my arms around and say, and then over here was this, and because it was. <laughs> and, you know, the more people, you know, pioneers like yourself can empower the rest of us to be able to pass on that message, not simply to... You know, we normally that's referred to just as marketing or that's simply word of mouth to buy another thing. You know, if, if we can be energized to actually be affected in a good way by the experiences that we have, then that's that can only be a good thing. Uh, and there are, you know, looking back on 2020, there have been plenty of things that we don't want to talk about. Um, let's look at 2021 and beyond and think about all the good things that we genuinely do excitedly and enthusiastically want to talk about. So um, on that note, I really want to thank you, James. Um, you know, once again, always, always interesting conversation because you're always doing something interesting. So that's a bonus. Um, but, it, but that effect on, on the rest of the industry is priceless. So thanks so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And I cannot wait until I can get out to base camp and, and, and then jump off and run and jump off the edge of the cliff with you. Oh yeah, I mean, this. I'm looking forward to your uh, second version of this show, uh, you at the jump, like experiencing what happened and, and uh, flying for the, maybe the first time in your life, have you parachuted a jump or anything like that? I haven't, I've been strapped to the top wing of an aeroplane and I've abseiled and usually they're, the, the variations on a the thing, but no, I haven't yet done that. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and you're going to have an amazing time. It's going to be really fun to see you go through it. I'm excited to have you out. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much, James. Thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, James. So thanks very much to James Jensen uh, of The Jump. And if that doesn't inspire you to do the things that CES perhaps never really did because we're in a physical world and we see lots of bad experiences and possibly bad products. We're this week looking to ask what's next and we're asking that question and we hope we're filling in that answer with some fabulous guests to say exactly what's coming up.